Guys, people, on today's show, I break down the life and times of Colonel Harlan Sanders. That's right, the man that you know who is the face of KFC, that finger-licking good chicken. We are going to explore his story, the ups and downs, the in-betweens, the challenges, and the successes. We're even going to find out how he got the name Colonel, all in the event and the point of wanting to make you cook your chicken. And after you do that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. This is Inspiration Now in Session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher. Let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you. Let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys, people where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Today, we're going to talk about Colonel Sanders and KFC. Now, I used to work at KFC. KFC Taco Bell, I was about, I think I was 15, 16 years old. It was a KFC and Taco Bell at the same time. I don't know if they still do that, but I'm not going to lie to you. That was some, that was some good, that was some good food. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, we had plenty of nights, me and my cousin, Dewan used to work there. We had plenty of, uh, plenty of nights where we went home with some free KFC because at least at the time that I worked there, you know, let me explain myself. The manager allowed this to happen. First of all, it was a lady named Kim. You know, I don't know her last name and it's a million Kims in the world. So, you know, you safe. But if you out there, you know, Kim, you was letting us take that chicken home and them pies. And uh, I appreciate you for it. Um, refrigerator was full of chicken and parfaits. And, but at, at the end of the night, though, and to my defense, you know, number one, I, I was a kid. But at the end of the night, like whatever chicken we didn't sell had to get thrown away. So the way I see it, you know what I'm saying? The way I see it, it, it was better in my belly than in the trash can. So. Um, anyway, that was that was some fun times, man, working at KFC. And I realized like working at KFC that I actually still never knew the uh, the secret recipe, you know, and, and it's not like I was a cook. I was a cashier. That was that's a sidebar. Cool thing. All of the fast food restaurants I worked at growing up, which was KFC, Taco Bell, worked at McDonald's twice. I was always the cashier. I always got the easy job at one McDonald's actually in college, my second McDonald's job. My job was to pass out the food through the drive-thru. And you know how I got that? It was like the first night I was there, that was where they needed help. And I jumped in like, oh, I got it. I'll pass out the food. And it's like, that just became my job. I did the cashiering sometimes there, but mostly I was to pass out the food at the drive-thru guy, which was cool until other students that I knew started coming up and expecting free food that I never gave them. Anyway, back to KFC. Worked there as a kid, and I was a cashier. I did have to make coleslaw, though, which was very, very irritating. Like, I don't eat coleslaw, and I did not enjoy the smell of it. And I don't, I don't know if y'all want to me to go through how they made it. At least, this look, this is, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. The new KFC might be doing something different. This is when I was a teenager. So I'm not trying to act like this was like, you know, yesterday. But what I will tell you is that we, we put the coleslaw, it was like this big, not bucket, like this rolling bucket type thing. And you like come in a bag and you dump it in there and then you mix the, Yeah. Anyway, you know, no offense to the KFC people out there. Uh, y'all might be have better tactics in, in making the coleslaw these days. But they had your boy back there pouring bags of coleslaw in the bucket. And people was eating it like crazy. So there you have it. I grew up working uh, tough jobs. I've been working since I was 13 years old, actually. I had my first job at 13. And I don't know if there was a year that I haven't been working since then. I think there might have been one year, and I don't remember what age. Maybe one year that I haven't worked since 13 years old. So I've done a bunch of little jobs. And um, today I want to talk about a man that we all know, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders. And, you know, what I like to do, um, this show is about faith and business, right? And balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And one of the things I like to do, 
with a lot of things in life is to go back and look at like, I'll look at the landscape of today, right? So I look at all the businesses that exist, all the things around me. Sometimes I just drive down the street and I look at all the signs and I'm like, man, all of these signs represent a dream. And, you know, so I'm driving down the street. I see the different restaurants, KFC, Taco Bell. You know, you see the stores. And and sometimes I think we just take it for granted. Because if you live in a, a nice area or something, you just used to driving down that street, used to seeing all those signs, and it feels like they always been there. But I love backtracking and understanding, like, yo, you know what? Like, how did Colonel Sanders, where this dude come from? First of all, I know he wasn't always old. You know what I'm saying? Because... For me, it's like I see Colonel Sanders. I'm like, it's just the old guy, old guy, white hair. You feel what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that's not the case, obviously. So I did a little bit of um, research and in particular, a few websites, biography.com. There was something on uh, the University of Houston, uh.edu. And the last reference, I can't remember. Um, I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, I just went through a, a few articles and things that were written. Um, you know, and wanted to kind of understand and cross-reference the story, things lined up. So I'm going to talk about that today. And what we're going to do is we're going to share Colonel Sanders' story, and then we're just going to unpack the pieces of it. And the entire goal of going through this exercise today is for you to kind of reverse engineer what this dream was. Like for us to look and say, yeah, like, what was the dream? How did it come together? And then hopefully we could find some lessons in there for ourselves as we are maybe living in our dream you know and a lot of times I believe that when you're living in something you take it for granted one thing I thank God for and maybe I don't know maybe this is good maybe I'm just weird but I try to I try to live in my story and what I mean by that is that you know like today you'll you know we'll read through some things and talk about some things that Colonel Sanders did to develop KFC and it all sounds good in the past. You get what I'm saying? Like everything sounds good when it already happened because you can romanticize it. Like if I talk about growing up in the hood, for instance, right? I'm telling the truth, but you can always romanticize it. I could sit here and be like, you know, it was a dark, cold night and our car was stolen. And, you know, and that did happen. Like it really happened. But it just, I don't know, it's something about being able to understand the moment that you are living in. Like when I was growing up in the hood, I was just growing up in the hood. I knew I didn't want to be there personally. I knew I wanted to get out and I wanted to do better things for my life personally. But I also wasn't just completely aware of even what it meant to be there and have a dream. So today I want you to be aware of your dream. That's really the goal as we talk through this and look at Colonel Sanders' story and his situation but I want you to be aware of where you're at in your story. Now, again, like maybe I'm a little weird, but I, I live my life like I'm in the story. I try to be aware of what I'm doing, try to be aware of my decisions. Now, I ain't always been like that. Um, but just understanding, like when you read people's story and you see the peaks and valleys and the little decisions or the people they met along the way that had a huge impact. You also realize that sometimes people can have a huge impact or situations can have a huge impact on your life. But when you tell the story back, they can be overlooked. So I want you to listen for those things in Colonel Sanders story as well. So that, again, we don't take for granted the story that we're living, the life that God has given us. And I think one of the most difficult things now is that there are so many expectations put on people according to like their age, demographic, like there's this idea of what you should be doing, right? And I want you to get that out of your mind outside of living for God, progressing forward, you know, like being productive, like definitely you want to be doing that. But the idea that like, hey, by 25, you should have A, B, and C. Let's get out of that. And let's make it more about, no, about 25, by 35, by 45, 55, 65, whatever my age is, I should be going in the direction of my purpose. That's really the goal of this show, to guide you to your purpose, not to give you all the answers to the test and say, hey, you, you're supposed to be doing this by 30. You should have two houses by 40. Like, No, the idea 
is not to put limits on you, but to take limits off. And that's why we challenge your comfort on this show. Always want to challenge your comfort zone because everybody's comfortable. We kicking our feet up. And what we're doing is we're just doing what people are doing around us. And a lot of times that's because we don't recognize our story. We don't recognize the time that we live in. Brief example before I move forward. You know, I said this before. I try to honor my parents and honor my family and honor my grandparents by taking advantage of things that I have, opportunities that I have that they didn't have. I'll give you an example, real life example, right? I work in corporate America. Y'all know that. I work for a Fortune 50 organization, but I speak on behalf of myself on this show. That's why I don't even mention the name of the company I work for. So that way I don't have to deal with all of that and, you know, give you the, uh, I don't want you to even have to second guess. Like, is he talking like for him or talking for the, no, I'm talking for me. I'm talking for me. Yeah, I'm talking for me. Everything is a song in my mind. What's my point? Working for a Fortune 50 organization. Grew up in a time where um, access to education uh, became more prevalent, especially for uh, people like myself from where I'm from. And, you know, my parents didn't have that. Number one is because, think about this. Like, my parents were roughly born in, like, the 60s, right? I think all of them might have been born in the 60s. So. If they born in the 60s and then, you know, their parents were various ages, but let's just say they their parents was born in the 20s on average or something like that. Right. And I don't I don't know that for sure. Um, let's say the 30s. Let's say their parents were born in the 30s. That make more sense. The 30s or the 40s. All right. So if their parents were born in the 30s and 40s. Right. So you're talking about what's unique is. We're going to get into it, but. Hey, right around the time of KFC, like some of this story overlaps that at the time of my grandparents. That's another thing I do when, I, when I'm looking at business and unpacking stories. I try to understand the story based on the time that they were living in. All right. I'm making a point here. So just follow me. I'm sorry that it's taking a long time to get to the KFC story, which is probably what you really want to hear. But I promise this is impactful. My point is if my grandparents were you know, living in the 40s and the 50s, I have to think about the world they were living in in the 40s and 50s. And then, so I have to understand what the world looked like. What was the landscape of the world? What were the opportunities? What could people do? You know, you listen to this show, you know I'm black. I don't use that as an excuse. I'm not a victim. You don't have to feel sorry for me. But I do like to, um, you know, talk about things from the perspective of the life that I've lived and, you know, the things that I've studied and the way that I see it. You know, it's just my perspective. Uh, but one of the things about it is I like to be realistic about the fact like, yo, if my grandma was walking around in 1950, like she couldn't even drink out of the same water fountain as a white person, let alone get promoted next to a head of or even be in competition for a particular job with a white person. Well, OK, if that if that was my grandmother's reality, right, then my grandmother raised my parents with her based on her worldview, because that's what we do in this life, right? I, I've interviewed so many people on this show. And you know what's funny? What always organically comes up in the conversation, how they were raised and what role their parents did or didn't play in their life. Our parents shape so much of our lives that it's crazy how we grew up shapes our lives. You're going to hear that in the KFC story as well. Colonel Sanders life was literally shaped by his parents whether it be directly or indirectly, we all go through it. So if my, if my grandparents are, you know, living in the 40s and 50s and, you know, raising their kids in the 60s, they're raising their kids in the 60s based on 40s and 50s experience. You get what I'm saying? So then now my parents, they are, you know, being raised in the 60s and 70s, right? And then if they start having their kids in the 80s, then they're raising their kids in the 80s based on 60s and 70s experiences, right? So then I have to understand the world and the opportunities that they were given. But think about things that they might have been told, opportunities that they might have been given. It was so different back then. You're talking about now being, being raised and born by my parents right in the heart of the civil rights era. So you got 
Martin Luther King and all these people and all these marches and things, those things shape their life, right? So then you got like me, being uh, me and my siblings born in the 80s and the 90s, right? And so, so much of what we knew life to be, even what we were taught in school was based on the 60s and the 70s. I learned a lot about the civil rights era in school, Martin Luther King, and then, you know, get to like that young adult uh, or college. I was in college, um, you know, so young teenager or older teenager, however you look at it, I guess an 18 year old or whatever is a young adult or whatever it might be. You know, you get to that, those ages and then we start having things like, you know, uh, 9-11 and stuff like that. So what is my point with all of this? You know, in the early 90s, the Internet was the opportunity. Um, that's where the jobs were going. That's where the people you see who are the richest people in the world today, a lot of them, they were living in that time and, and they were building their businesses in that time. What is my point? My point is that life is so much of a narrative that kind of goes from generation to generation. And sometimes we take for granted that because we look at life like, hey, it's always been like this. Hey, why didn't my mama go work at a Fortune 50 company and get promoted like I'm getting promoted? Like, what's wrong with her? What's up with my pops? Like, no, it's because they didn't have those opportunities. Now, they could still create other opportunities now, right? And then for them and their generation, they have to somehow break themselves from everything that their parents might have shaped in their mind because the past sometimes is the past and you may you have to respect and understand and maybe be educated on the past but you cannot live in it what's my point with all of that being said i try to honor my parents with everything that i do now as much as i can because i understand that my parents and grandparents could not go and get you know and you know by the grace of god like even just since the pandemic like i didn't had Two, two, three different jobs, two, maybe two. Like I've been, I, I don't remember. I guess it depends on how you look at the year. I came into, I ended 2019 with the job, got a new job in 2020, then got another promotion at the top of 21. So my current job that I'm doing now, I got that promotion last year. And my point is this, when in my parents' life did that exist? Working at a Fortune 50 organization, and let me let me be clear with this. I'm not creating an excuse for my parents or or people. What I'm saying is that it wasn't as likely because I'm sure there it happened. My point is that it wasn't as likely. It's way more likely for me now. So I try to live and understand the opportunity. So if I'm living in 2022, as much as I should respect, understand the civil rights, the challenges maybe with being black or whatever it might be. I can't live in that, meaning I can't live like it's 1965. I can't even live like it's 1985. Now, that doesn't mean 2022 doesn't have its own unique problems and, and situations and challenges. But what I'm saying is that 2022 ain't 1965. I know like this week was Martin Luther King week. I went to Martin Luther King uh, High School in Detroit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we should honor and Black History Month is coming up. I'm with it all. You know what I'm saying? I love to honor, respect my people and celebrate my people and celebrate the history of things that black people have done. But I don't live as if I think I'm my grandma. When my grandma couldn't walk around and look a white man in the eyes if she was walking down the street. That's what she told me. And she's like 84, 85 years old. What's my point with all of this stuff that I'm saying? Live in 22 and take advantage of the opportunities in 2022. You can respect the history. You can educate yourself on the history. But don't tell me white, black, yellow, green, gold. Don't sit here and miss the opportunities of a lifetime in your lifetime. Some of us miss the opportunities of a lifetime because we are not living in the reality of our lifetime. We are stuck in someone else's lifetime based on the real life challenges that they had. And then we spend most of our time trying to validate the problems that somebody had before us. Don't get me wrong, that has a place. And I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent right now. But what I'm saying is, I see so much in society where we're wasting time because we don't understand the time that we live in. So today, I want you to think of your life and your story. And, and let me say this, because I don't want nobody to take this wrong, because a lot of times people will try to politicize things when, that I say or like, 
Man, I try to speak from the heart. This isn't from any political angle or anything like that. This is not to prove any politician or the left or the right. Like I'm just speaking from my heart. And what I am saying is also, again, I believe in respecting, honoring, educating myself on the history. Also understanding that the people before me had disadvantages. But I don't honor them by creating, making their disadvantages my reality. I honor them by taking advantage of the things that I am able to do and looking at like, yo, I might have it bad, but it ain't as bad as my grandma. It ain't as bad as my mama. So let me not complain about how bad I got it when they would have been excited to have it this bad. That's what I'm talking about. Being rooted in gratefulness, not overlooking or, um, you know, diminishing like or, or forgetting what people went through. Not in that way or dishonoring it, but saying, hey, I could celebrate the challenges and the things that my parents and my grandparents overcame without living and accepting them as my reality. And again, I might have some different issues in my reality, but it ain't what grandma and mama had. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. Let's move on before I lose some some listeners. And I don't want to lose no listeners. I appreciate y'all listening. While you're listening, also be aware uh, that we also um, are now, we, I mean me, Starting to record at least one to two YouTube videos a week. So search Inspire Guys People on YouTube or better yet, look in the description of today's show. And I put the link for the channel in there. I think we up to like 128 subscribers. You know what I'm saying? I ain't complaining at all. I'm appreciating every single person that's listening. We getting like 20, 25 views for a video. You know what I'm saying? Way less than the podcast listens, by the way, which means that you are a podcast listener out there not subscribing to my YouTube channel. And I'm putting in all this hard work to make these videos. Oh, man. <laughs> Y'all know I hate making videos, right? I'm just I'm trying to get comfortable being a video person. I, I'm just low key. I don't really uh, I don't really need to be all in the, the camera. Like I don't take selfies and it's just not me, man. I'm just I'm more low key. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to chill and just do what I do. But I'm trying to embrace it, trying to be consistent. So y'all pray for me. And, um, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not basing it on the numbers. So success to me ain't about how many subscribers or whatever. But I want you to subscribe, though. <laughs> I want you to subscribe, but I don't care. But I want you to subscribe. Ain't it funny how we talk ourselves through things? Look, at the end of the day, I do want to be able to share this content with people. And the hope is that over time it grows. But I'm very patient. And I'm also uh, not you know, able to make videos every single day. I'm, you know, I'm super busy. So um, I'm making them, I'm being consistent, trying to provide content and sometimes taking the topics from this show and slicing them up in a different way, maybe in a quicker format and maybe even get making a couple different points. So inspire, inspire, inspire to inspire. I can talk people. Subscribe to inspire guys, people on YouTube. All right, let's get into this story. Colonel Sanders, KFC, you know what? Matter of fact, let me give you 30 seconds of a song. I don't know if y'all like that or hate it when I share songs, but listen, I created all this music through the years. You gon' get these songs. I don't even know what I'm about to play. I'm about to pull up some of my music. You can also find my music, J Will Music, on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else where music is found. And also look in the description of today's show. Click some easy links and check out some of my music. All right, let's find a song to play just for 30 seconds. Come on, man. Be careful. Be, be careful or be patient. Yeah, don't don't complain. All right, listen to the music right, and enjoy. To the, right, listen, enjoy. To listen to the music. Everything I pray for is here now. If I keep my faith high and my fear down, everything you pray for is here now. If you keep your faith high and your fear down, everything I work for is here now. If I keep my faith high and my fear down, everything I pray for is here now. Cause I kept my faith high and my fear down. I kept my faith high and my fears down. So everything I pray for is here now. I made it through all my struggles. Fear down. I made it through all Lord, I thank you for keeping me Fear down When I wanted to throw it away Fear down Yes, I wanted to throw it away Fear down You brought me 
just heard faith high fear down that is a song that is not even finished yet started working on that with the homie red what up red if you out there you probably like hey man why you sharing new music that ain't even done yet bruh i don't know just sneaking and throwing it on the podcast um i haven't finished that song man it's it's weird i'm gonna be real with y'all right as we talk about like um like living in the time of your life like right now like understanding not just what it means for right now but what it means for the future one of the things that I'm doing with music is I'm 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 learning the transition of the purpose you know um you know in my 20s I was really traveling doing music you know what I'm saying and like kind of booked on the weekends and stuff like that in my 30s it, sl- it like started slowing down you know um a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And um kind of like uh on and off or whatever. Obviously with COVID, I haven't done a lot. But right now I'm just trying to figure out like, you know, as I continue to grow and mature and um as business becomes such a huge part of my life and this podcast and inspire guys people, like I know that I'm not really trying to rap and like go around and like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't necessarily want to be booked to go rap somewhere. So I'm just like refining the purpose that in the role that rap plays in my life and music plays in my life. It'll still be there if for no other reason, like this podcast and just sharing uh, the portfolio and continue to build kind of the work because my music is a part of my content, my life's work, you know. Um, but yeah, just keep me in prayer on that, man. Just trying to figure out like what role does it exactly play and then what my inspiration is for it. So, you know, what do I I've always made music based on like how I genuinely feel um as far as like stylistically and things like that so um I don't feel the same way I felt 10 years ago you know I don't feel the same way I felt um really five years ago so just trying to follow um where the Lord is leading me and where my purpose and and my motivation and inspiration are so that's kind of I I share those type of things because as as y'all listening to this show just like with the YouTube stuff and all that man I'm sharing that stuff because um, number one, I'm human and it's, it's real stuff, but you know, my goal with this show is to be able to give people behind the scenes and like, cause people will look at you when you're doing something, especially like, you know, oh, inspire guys, people podcast, y'all to hear me say, you know, people listen in all these different countries and stuff. And it's been a blessing, but I'm not ahead of myself. You know what I mean? I'm not like I haven't arrived or I'm again, I'm living. I understand the moment that I'm living in. I understand um, or at least I'm I'm beginning and growing in my understanding of what it all means. So there you have it. Faith high, fear down. Um, hopefully the message in that song is pretty, pretty clear and straightforward. That song isn't out anywhere yet. So if you want to listen to it again, you got to rewind the show and play that back. Now let's jump into this Colonel Sanders story, man. A, a couple things I want to share around this. Um, his name, Colonel, C- Colonel Har- Harlan. I can talk. <laughs> It's so funny because y'all probably really think like homie can't talk, man. I don't know. I, I guess I just really be stumbling over my words sometimes. Uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders uh, is actually his name. So I, I want to say this one this one thought that I had when I was uh, kind of putting this together. And it was like uh, he was born in night. No, he, he died in 1980. So uh, spoiler alert. I just told you when he died. Died in 1980 at 90 years old. And I had this thought when I was reading this, I'm like, he died before I was born, but I still ate that chicken. <laughs> like, I know who he is and I ate that chicken. Like, what's the, what point am I trying to make with that? Remember I told y'all there's going to be a lot for us to grab from this story. And as I think about, like, understanding the time that I'm in in my life and understanding what the decisions that you make with your life mean, you know, um, things live beyond you. Things that you do. And a lot of times, you know, we, again, we romanticize things of the past and people of the past. So not everything is exactly as you hear it or um, as it's presented today. But, you know, listen, that KFC chicken was good, man. Like that's that that little secret recipe is good. I I actually haven't had KFC um, in in quite some time now. But my point with that is just that 
you know, here's a person where we never walked earth at the same time. And I worked at KFC. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's powerful to me. Like, you could make a decision today that 100 years from now, when you are no longer walking the earth, it can affect somebody else or give someone else an opportunity. Like, Colonel Sanders gave me an opportunity to have a job at KFC, and we never even lived on earth at the exact same time. That's powerful. That is, like, the things that we don't think about that I think could be powerful if you think about it while you're living. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes maybe he was just making chicken. He wasn't thinking about like, hey, it's this young black dude in Detroit that's going to need a little job. We're going to get him up in KFC and he's going to, you know, be taking home free chicken and parfaits. He didn't know I was taking the chicken, but, you know, he cooked the chicken and gave me an opportunity. What opportunities are you creating for the future generations with the decisions that you make today? All right, let's jump into the story. And I'm, I might be a little all around the place with the timeline because, honestly, I took my notes, like, really just all over the place. Uh, the first thing I really have is, like, again, understanding the timing. Uh, the Great Depression was from 1929 to 1933. There's aspects and elements of this story that overlap that time frame. So he was born in 1890, right? So when you think about the fact that he was born in 1890, just keep in mind, you know, what, that means 40 years, he would have been 40 years old in 1930, which would have been, you know, really right in the heart of the Great Depression. So I'm bringing that up because I know that we're living through a pandemic right now or in a pandemic is really an end. Uh, what is it? Endemic by now. Um, but my point is like. You know, there are so many excuses that could be created based on the challenges of the time that you live in, but your challenges are your challenges. They are not intended for you to fold and walk away from and cower down to. They are intended for you to conquer. You get what I'm saying? Like the, the Bible really inspires me because Daniel lived in a time where you could be thrown into a lion's den. You feel what I'm saying? Like you could be thrown into a lion's den and he faced that and he did not cower down to that. You get what I'm saying? And so I, I really like the idea. I mean, David lived in a time where you could have to fight a, a nine foot giant. You know, however, I, that's not the exact height. I don't know how tall Goliath was off the top of my head. He was a tall dude. Might have been nine feet. What is my point? That was the challenge of his time. You know, if, if Goliath is fronted, standing in front of you, you can't be acting like he not. So what's my point? This story took place during the Great Depression. I think that's worth noting. Because it means that economically, the world just wasn't in some thriving situation. All right. So, man, at six years old, Colonel Sanders, right? Harlan Sanders. He wasn't a colonel by the end. And you'll understand how he got the name colonel later. At six years old, his father died. Now, remember when I talked about, like, the importance of our parents and their impact on our lives? Well, his father died at six years old. What impact do you think that had on his life? Well, first things first, it put him in a situation where he had to really take care of his younger siblings. Again, keep in, keep in mind the times he's living in. You're talking 1895, 1896. And so during that time, you know, it was like he had to step up. And it was interesting to me because by the age of seven, he had mastered most of the homemade meals of that time. Right. So whatever they were cooking during that time, he had mastered them by seven years old. He was the primary cook in his household by seven years old. Seven? Seven years old? So because his father died, it affected his life because it catapulted him into a leadership position in his house. Man. Man. Now, they, you know, he had his mother. He actually thanked his mother. Um, I read a quote, you know, he thanks his mother and honors his mother. But clearly, during that time, it's like, hey, somebody got to step up and be the man. And at six years old, he was ready to do that. Now, here's what's amazing to me. It wasn't just that he had to step up. Because imagine this, not understanding the time you're living in. Again, not, not going to talk about the passing of his father. Understand the challenge there. So I'm not minimizing that, right? Don't want to um, kind of overlook that or speak. Um, about that in a way 
um, that's demeaning at all. So like, let's take out the, the death of his father, meaning the actual death or how he mourned his father. That's not what we're dealing with. What we're talking about is the fact that he had a situation where he was catapulted into leadership. And how did he respond to that? Not mourning your father, but how did he respond to the situation? In that situation, he stepped up to the plate. He mastered all of the home-cooked meals in one year. This tells me he must have embraced the opportunity or the challenge. He must have stood up and said, all right, I got younger siblings. I'm going to step up to the plate. This is the challenge of my time. I'm going to stand up to the plate and I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to cower down. I'm not going to stay in the room and say, how are we going to eat? I'm going to get up. I'm going to do some cooking. Now, here is the amazing part of that. He became the primary chef in his household by seven years old, which means, which tells me that KFC wasn't the first time he cooked chicken. Now, this is important. Because in this show, we always talk about the process, and I don't ever want to overlook the process, right? And so many times we want things to happen fast in our life, and we actually minimize and overlook what's happening now, what God is doing today, what God is even doing with the thing that you are challenged with. Listen, Colonel Sanders, Harlan Sanders, your father, dad, that is not a good thing. But because you stepped up into this situation, you are going to be a master chef. You are going to be a great cook and you don't know it yet. But 60 years from now, that cooking that you doing today at six years old is going to benefit your life tremendously. The 60 years is important because I call that the meantime. Like, see, David was anointed as the king at 15 years old. But in the meantime, <laughs> he served in the kingdom in different capacities. He did some things in music, playing music for Saul. He ended up being a soldier in the, in, in the, um, in the army, right? He, he was a, an elite soldier, actually. That was the meantime. So many times for us, we want, we, you know, hey, God told me something. Like, hey, he's, I'm, he anointed me to be a king, literally anointed with oil, Samuel, on your head, 15 years old. Most of us by 16, like, hey, cool. Yeah, I was anointed at 15. Where the kingdom at? Where's my kingdom? And we ready to test some stuff up if, if we don't get it. Like, yo, I'm about, I'm about to tear stuff up. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm about to tear stuff up. What's my point? In the meantime was 15 years for David. The difference between the time that you got anointed to the time that you embraced the kingdom was the meantime. Joseph was 17 years old when God gave him a dream. In the meantime, you're talking 19, 20 years before the dream came into fruition in his mid-30s. In the meantime, he was sold into slavery uh, by his brothers. In the meantime, he was lied on by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. In the meantime, he took a leadership position in the kingdom. In the meantime, the question is, what are you doing in the meantime? Also understanding your mentality in the meantime is going to be an important factor of you when God blesses you in your timing, when your time comes, when it comes into fruition, when faith manifests, what you do and how you act in the meantime matters. Don't mean you ain't going to have challenges in the meantime either, which is what some of us struggle with because we think in the meantime is just a beautiful time. And there are aspects of it that is. But the reality of it is, in the meantime, you might have some ups and downs. So Colonel Sanders, I'm sorry, at six years old, you go through this tragedy and you start cooking probably well before you could understand how cooking would change your life and the lives of others. See, there's some things that God does in our lives in the meantime that we overlook a skill set, an ability, a, a time that you were persistent, um, something that you obtained, education, growth. Something happened to you in the meantime that you might have overlooked that is going to be the very thing that God can use to change your life once you embrace it. All right, let's keep it going. So his father dies, right? And. You know, let's uh, let's see where I want to go from here. Um, 
Uh, let's go to let, let's skip. So, oh, I'll say this. Um, he had a bunch of jobs. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes and seeing where I want to go there. Not in chronological order. I just I have notes over a couple pages. So, um, one of the things is that he held several jobs throughout his life. So he was a farmer, a streetcar conductor, a railroad fireman, an insurance agent. Um, he worked in law, and you know what else he did? Deliver babies. Colonel Sanders delivered babies at one point, and the quote I read was something to the extent of like, hey, somebody had to do it, and the husbands weren't prepared to deliver a baby when his wife was pregnant. Man, so that tells me, that quote tells me, and when I look at the things with Colonel Sanders, it tells me that this was a persistent dude. This was not somebody who just gave up easily. This is not someone who saw a challenge and backed down. He saw a baby that needed to be born, and he said, yep, I'll step up. If nobody else can do it, I can. In the meantime, see, we look at the chicken. We, we look, and we look at the logos, and like, this is what we do with people's life. I'm, I'm, I'm using Colonel Sanders as somewhat of a metaphor for how we do. We see somebody, they got something nice. They looking good. They, they crispy clean, and we just like, oh, if, if only I had their life. If only I had their opportunity, not realizing that you ain't ready for what happened with them in the meantime. Here's a lesson. Stop looking at other people's lives and picking and choosing what part of it you want for yourself. That's what some of us do to make ourselves comfortable. Man, if I just had that like them, if I was just that, like, uh, you don't know what happened in the meantime. You don't know. And you and here's the thing. Sometimes they meantime was was worse than yours. They they meantime was meaner than your meantime. And if you can't handle what you're going through, remember, that's why I talked about my grandparents and my parents. There are certain aspects that I look at and I'm like, whoa, they had it rough. Let me make sure I honor them by not wasting what I have. Let me let me try to do something to make the family name great. Let me do my part in the legacy. They did their part. They raised me. They taught me. They nurtured me. They introduced me to Christ. Let me make sure I don't drop the baton. Let me do my part. Remember, we are contributors, not consumers. See, a consumer goes out and just lives in this world and consumes, consumes, consumes. Takes, takes, takes. They don't give anything. They don't leave anything. Where is your chicken? That's what I'm trying to ask y'all today. Where is your chicken? See, Colonel Sanders left some chicken and a restaurant and a secret recipe and some biscuits. And when he died, I worked there and I had them biscuits for free. I have checks, check stubs. I don't know if I still got the stubs. Let me not say have, at least had. I had check stubs with KFC name on it. Woo! Y'all not getting this, dude. Like, I had checks in my life with KFC on it. I have eaten buckets of chicken that say Colonel Sanders on the bucket. Where is your chicken? Some of us are complaining so much about every obstacle that comes our way that we can't overcome it. We can't overcome it. We sing songs, talk about we're conquerors, overcomers, the word of our testament blood of the land, like we talk all this stuff and then the obstacle comes and we cower. We're in a pandemic. It's challenging. There's ups and downs. There's people just disagreeing and arguing over every little thing. There's uncertainty about the government. There are people who are at risk of losing their jobs. There's the economy. There's inflation. There's problem after problem after problem. But where is your chicken? Remember, Colonel Sanders, you're going to see KFC, and he was 40 years old. He was in the Great Depression. He started cooking some chicken. And I'm trying to tell y'all that you might be in a pandemic, but you better cook some chicken. When, it's, when times are the worst, it is not time for you to give up. It is time for you to cook some chicken. Where is your chicken? Let's keep it going. Colonel Sanders had every type of job. And then here's where it gets interesting. Let's jump into the actual kind of some points around the story, right? Colonel Sanders, at the age of 40, he had a gas station, 
right? So, again, he did all types of jobs. At the age of 40, he had a gas station, and he started cooking his homemade food. Remember, this is what he does. As travelers was passing by, he started, like, cooking and, um, you know, sharing, like, selling leftovers, all type of stuff. And I read it in the articles different type of ways. So don't, like, the leftovers was mentioned. I don't know, like, the dynamics of all of that. So I read, like I told y'all, several articles, and I'm cross-referencing them. But he had this gas station, and he started cooking this chicken for the travelers that would come through the gas station, right? And this was in Corbin, Kentucky. Here's another important thing. I like that he started cooking chicken at a gas station in Kentucky. Now, I'm putting myself in his position because at 40 years old, it was 19, uh, like 1931 or 30 or something like 1930 when he was 40 years old. He's in the Great Depression. So I don't know what led him right dead smack in the middle of a Great Depression to get this gas station. I don't know the backstory of the gas station at all. I don't know if there was a need or why he had to start cooking the food, if the travelers were requesting it or whatever it was. But I know he was in the Great Depression and I know he had a gas station and I know he started cooking chicken. Where is your chicken? What's the point here? First of all, he's 40 years old when this happens. And there's some importance on where you at in your life, right? He was in Kentucky. Now, imagine he could have bought a gas station anywhere. I don't know the backstory of why he ended up in Corbin, Kentucky. But it's like he could have been in Detroit. He could have been in Mississippi. He could have been anywhere, but he was in Kentucky getting a gas station. Now, imagine if he was frustrated when he bought that gas station. Imagine if he bought it because it was like, man, I don't know what else to do. It's the Great Depression. Everything is messed up. My point is you have to understand the significance of the time you're living in. You might be in Boston. You might be in California. You might be in Houston. Like wherever you at, at the end of the day, you might be in a situation that's going to have, like the, the location matters. Like you might Detroit fried chicken. Like I'm like it, it Texas, fr- whatever that might exist. What I'm saying is God can use where you at and it might not look like the best place right now. It might not look like the absolute um, most amazing situation. You cooking chicken in a gas station. But just remember Kentucky. All right, Colonel, I might not have brought you to this place for no other reason to give you a reason in Kentucky to start cooking chicken. Problems create opportunities. These are things we talked about on this show. Every I want you to just, if you're a first-time listener or even if you're a, a loyalty listener, you go back and scroll through them titles, man, before the pandemic. Specifically target before the pandemic because I want you to see what we were talking about before this stuff started happening. And I want you to listen to those episodes and look at those titles and look at those guests and hear their stories and cook yo chicken. All right. So he was serving guests, you know, in a gas station. He ain't had no restaurant yet. He ended up opening up, uh, I think, a diner across the street at some point. But one of the things in one of the articles that said that was interesting, it said, um, so 1930, he, uh, you know, starts cooking his chicken in, in the gas stations. And it says over the next nine years, he would perfect his secret recipe. In the meantime. Why you at the gas station? Why you stuck in Corbin, Kentucky, cooking the chicken? Perfect it. It's a process, y'all. Wherever you at, whatever you're doing, it may not be the most uh, beautiful situation. But what some of us do is we spend more time trying to explain to people why our situation ain't good than actually appreciating the lessons of the situation that we in. Think about all the amazing things that happened so far. He's in the Great Depression. And it puts him in Kentucky for whatever reason. I don't know the backstory, but he's there. He starts cooking chicken for whatever reason, but he did it. And he starts perfecting his recipe. Now tell me something. Like, are these not significant pieces to the puzzle of you going to Kentucky fried chicken with the, what is it, 11 original herbs and spices? The whole storyline that you know happened back in 1930. During the Great Depression, it was some beautiful stuff that happened. Problems create opportunities. Now, here's another interesting fact. 
he wasn't a colonel. He did do some time in the um in the military. He actually had an honorable discharge. I think he lied about his age and served in was it Cuba or Puerto Rico or something? Don't quote me on that. But he did serve in the military, but he was not a colonel. And what happened was in the late 19... No, no. When was it? What year was it? Was it 35? I think it might have been 1935. Let me see if I wrote it in my notes real quick. Yes. In 1935, Governor Ruby Lafoon or Laffin Lafoon, I think. Governor Ruby Lafoon in 1935 felt like this chicken was so good she made him an honorary colonel. Now, now, this is another significant piece to me. There will be people that come across your life, just like the young boy who used, where Jesus used his lunch to, pay, to feed the, uh, the, the, the 5,000 with the two fish and the five loaves. Like He, he took the young boy's lunch, and, and the young boy doesn't get much credit. His name isn't even mentioned. Ruby, I, don't, I never heard of Ruby when I was working at KFC. I never seen Ruby in a commercial, but there is somebody out there and you have to also understand um, on both sides, you may be seemingly playing an insignificant role in somebody's life, but Ruby gave him the title as Colonel and that is what we know him as and that's what stuck to him, stuck with him. That one decision, man, I love leadership. This was a governor, but this governor made a decision and we have to realize the impact that our decisions can make. Like this governor made a decision that would change our life. That was the governor cooking they chicken. Like cook your chicken, Ruby. Name this man a colonel. That's insight. Like as believers, we should have insight. We should have the ability to be talking to people, not speaking into today life in no weird, mystical way, but allowing God to use us even the most practical ways to inspire and encourage people and I tell y'all, like, the, the point of this show is to balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. I hope that listening to this podcast, for y'all who listen to all these episodes, and I thank y'all, y'all give comments and emails and messages. Like, my belief and my hope is I don't need the credit in your story. I don't have to be, like, whatever. But I'm telling you, it is a blessing to know, like, yep, I cooked my chicken. I saw a colonel, and I named him Colonel. Uh, matter of fact, shout out to one of my listeners. Again, I try not to say people's name because, you know, if you, whatever, you know, if you tell me something, send me a message. I'm just, I'm not doing the names. So I'm shouting you out. You know who you are. Um, one of the listeners, um, Sister in Christ, wrote a blog. In the blog, she mentioned um, Happy New Day. And she mentioned like, yo, um, she, like happy new day, you know, the podcast I listen to one of my brothers in Christ say this. My point is that's enough for me. Glory to God. Like at the end of the day, my goal is to say something that will not be forgotten to, to say or present something at some point in this show that you will never forget. And it might just be a young boy giving his lunch to Jesus and doing Jesus doing something miraculous and the miracle being the attention seeker, which it should be. But if I had an opportunity to play a part, like what I'm saying is we should take pride and joy and honor in, in, in the ability to play a part in people's lives and inspire them. And to say something to them that will catapult them, to give them a name, to put a mark on them that will catapult them into the future and God's purpose for their life. But here's the other thing. As the colonel, you got to recognize the rubies in your life. Like recognize the people and be aware and understand and be grateful for the people in your life who play very small parts. They don't have a major part in the movie. They, when, when they like, they got one scene. They got one scene. Ruby had one scene. But that scene was one of the most impactful scenes of his life for the colonel. So that was 1935. Uh, a couple more things that I want to say about Colonel Sanders. Uh, let's keep it moving. And... That's right. So at 40 years old, that happened. He perfects it. Uh, the recipe over nine years. This was real interesting. In the late 1930s, he went to a demonstration for a new device called the pressure cooker. First of all, I love the way it was written in the article. Uh, a new device called the pressure cooker. Remember? Remember that you have to be aware of the times that you're living in. Colonel Sanders was living in a time 
where they created this new innovation called the pressure cooker. It was new to them. Old to us, doesn't sound innovative, doesn't sound like a big deal. But during his time, the pressure cooker was a big deal because it was new. And he sat and watched this demonstration. I think they were making like green beans. And he experimented because he asked himself, I wonder, can it do that to chicken? Where is your chicken? See, what I love about Colonel Sanders is once my man got back to cooking, he was seeing chicken and everything. You had a green bean uh, demonstration with a pressure cooker, but all you can think about is chicken. Like that is where your purpose really, really starts to explode in your life when it starts, you start seeing it everywhere. All like, oh my God, inspire God's people. Like it's everywhere. I see it. Oh, oh my God, inspire God. Like we have to see our purpose. That's the importance of knowing and finding your purpose. That is the importance of listening to this show. And if you don't know your purpose, I want you to go back to an episode entitled How to Be Inspired. I wish I remembered the episode number off the top of my head, but go and listen to it. How to Be Inspired. I think it's episode 118. Don't quote me on that, but go back and listen to it. And you need to refine your purpose. Because some of us, like we ain't cooking no chicken because we, we don't know what chicken is. We don't know what the purpose is to cook it. So Colonel Sanders is at a, a demonstration for the pressure cooker. And he like, I want to I cook some chicken. He cooked some chicken and he felt like this was the best cooking he ever tasted in his life. And there, right there in that moment, KFC, the Kentucky Fried Chicken that you know, was born. Because KFC was pressure cooking their chicken. Because that's where it all happened at. Could have been an insignificant moment at the time. Could have just been like, oh, I don't feel like going to this demonstration. I go to so much stuff, dog. I don't want to go to this. I don't feel like it. Get up and go. Try to be led by the Lord and, and not overlook opportunities that you can't see the opportunity beyond the opportunity. See, some of us are so greedy. Some of us are short, so short-sighted that if you can't give us an immediate benefit, we're not willing to go through a process with you. We're not willing to give something time to develop because we want to see it right away. But he had to experiment with the pressure cooker to get the chicken that he needed. The chicken that would get me a job when I was 15 years old. Where's your chicken? All right, so here's another aspect of this. Uh, really the last thing that I want to focus on. It was, what year was it that he started? Oh, so in 1952, is where he starts actually um, franchising this, this restaurant. So, again, in the meantime, right, this, this really started 1930 when he's cooking chicken in a restaurant. It wasn't until 1952 that he starts franchising his chicken restaurant. He gave it time. You have to give things time. Like, don't live life and fast forward. Just live life in the right direction. I think we have to really understand direction versus speed. I am a person that preaches direction. Speed doesn't matter to me. I want to be going in the right direction. If I'm going in the right direction and I stay in that direction over time, I will get where I'm supposed to go. If I'm in a wrong direction and I'm going too fast, I'm just further away from where I'm supposed to be. Some of us are living life in the wrong direction, but at a high speed. And that is the worst combination you can absolutely have. Wrong direction, meaning not where God intends for you to go. Very high speed, meaning you're going there very fast. That's not a good combination. I would rather be in the right direction at a slow speed than at a wrong direction at a fast speed. Part of speed, time, age. Well, this was dope. In 1952, when he started uh, striking these franchising deals, he struck deals that pay him a, nick a nickel but every piece of chicken, not every piece of chicken, it said every chicken that was sold. So I'm assuming every whole chicken. He was making five cents a chicken. Where's your chicken? Chicken. Cha-ching. Where's your chicken? This chicken is changing this man's life. But remember, it all started when his father died and he had to step up into a leadership position in the household and start cooking. And here's what happens. At the age of 65 years old, right? This, this is his age in the 50s. He's 65 years old using his social security check 
And that's how he was funding some of these franchises through the 50s. 65 years old. I'm willing to bet. I know the average listener to this show, I'm not going get, to get into ages, but I'm willing to bet that, here's the point I'm trying to make. Let's say you're 65 and you're listening to this show. And you're thinking, oh, man, so much time has passed. So much has went wrong. Uh, I made so much, many mistakes. I can't even get myself up to even start thinking to do the right thing. Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC till he was in his 60s. He didn't start KFC till he was in his 60s, but he started KFC with everything he learned beforehand. If you in your 60s, if you in your 70s right now, and you feeling like time is winning, there's people now probably in their 30s and 40s that feel like too much time to win. Wherever you at and you feel like you have made too many mistakes and you feel like too much time has passed, you might be starting now, but God can use everything that you've been through to be a part of your story. And some of us, I get it. You haven't had the easiest road. You feel like you watch so many people do well. But my man started in the 50s. He didn't die to 1980. He started at 65. He spent 25 years because he was 90 when he died. He still had 25 years of chicken to go. My point is stop giving up before it's over. And that's what I liked about what I've learned reading this story about uh, Colonel Sanders is that he wasn't a person that gave up. So for him, his 60s might have just been getting started. It really says like, you know, um, for those latter years of his life, um, he was traveling over 250 miles, a uh, thousand miles a year. So he was doing a lot of traveling, going around the country. He obviously became an ambassador for KFC. He actually sold it um, in... 1964, had 600 restaurants, sold it to a group of investors for $2 million. He ended up suing them. at one, He sued them because once he sold it, the food wasn't good to him. Like, he ain't like the sides. He ain't like the gravy and stuff. So he sued them for another million dollars and then later on became an ambassador for the, for the company. And I, I wasn't able to find how much money he was making as an ambassador. This was not about money. This was about chicken. I hope you're able to grab some things and take some things away from this story. I hope you go and find your chicken. Where is your chicken? Because at the end of the day, there is something that you're supposed to be cooking. There is something that you're supposed to be developing and nourishing. Remember, he started cooking the chicken at seven years old. He didn't open the restaurant until he was over 60. Some of us, are you willing to spend 50 years cooking chicken before it's time to sell it? See, the problem I, I feel like we have these days is people want to rush into business. They want to jump in everything. Look, y'all follow me on this show. We are on year four of this podcast. October, start, October 10th started year four. So we are living in year four. That feels like a long time. I get it. It's like, man, you in year four and your website still ain't updated. You in year four and you still like just now you got 100 subscribers on YouTube and you celebrating 20 views in year four. Yeah, I'm in year four, baby. I'm in the meantime. Everything ain't perfect. Everything ain't figured out. We don't sell T-shirts and hats yet. I know some of y'all that ask, like, where are the hats? Where are the T-shirts? Look, I get it. Right now, because we have access to so many things, we want to live life and fast forward. But I'm not living life and fast forward. I'm in the meantime. There's ups, there's downs. There's great days. There's challenges. But I'm not rushing this thing. I'm cooking my chicken. Oh, are y'all feeling this? I'm cooking my chicken right now. Inspire God's people, I'm perfecting. Inspire God's people really represents for me so much of what I've gone in in life. I told y'all I used to do music. I had a fashion brand. I work in corporate America. I've had so many experiences, and I'm learning how to layer each of these experiences into what I do now. Cook your chicken. I really want you to fry your chicken. I really want you to perfect your recipe. I really want you to persevere and not give up just because it hasn't been perfect. Just because you're like, I'm 65 and I'm just starting my first restaurant. Well, yeah, you're going to have 600 restaurants over the next 10 years if you just give yourself time to do it. And not only that, this, this chicken that you cooking, people going to be eating it well past and beyond your life. You're going to be dead and they're going to be eating this chicken. 
Listen, y'all, that's how I produce this show. This stuff is out in the public. I've recorded and released over 75 songs. I don't record and release 75 songs for the moment. I don't make club music. I don't make really any popular trend of music, not even for in the church world, because if I was doing that, I'd be doing like CCM or worship music or, you know, something like that. And when that's, that's all cool, I'm not taking a shot. What I'm saying is that I'm not creating just for the moment. I'm cooking chicken that's going like people. I told you all this before on my show when we talked about Van Gogh, like I create content to be discovered forever. Like, I, look, Colonel Sanders is gone. And you know exactly who he is. You probably wasn't here that long while he was alive if you were here. But you know who he is. You didn't ate that chicken. Listen, it's people that the reason you need to cook your chicken is somebody that need to have a good dinner with their kids while they watch a movie. You know how many times we didn't smile as we uh, ate some finger looking good chicken? You know how many times I've been happy and been in a good moment in life? To have a KFC biscuit with some honey on it. You know how many good moments that pe- that have. Listen, I went to a wedding reception when I was a kid, and they had KFC at the wedding reception because one of my mama friends was a manager at KFC. Cook yo chicken. I hope this bless somebody. Hope it touched your heart, and that you're able to grab onto the words that were said today. I hope you cook your chicken. I hope you find your chicken. I hope you perfect your recipe. I hope you appreciate your experiences and even the ones that are challenging, try to make the most of them because life is not perfect and we have ups and downs. Listen, I definitely have not lived a perfect life. The best that I could do right now that I've tried to do is learn from my experiences, both good and bad. Learn from the people who have made cameos in my life, some short, some for longer periods of time, but I try to appreciate them. Maybe it was a ruby that came in my life and gave me the name Colonel and gave me some purpose. It never said that the Colonel and Ruby were friends, but Ruby played a significant role in naming him a Colonel. So I hope you can appreciate and look at your life in that way and understand the moment in time and history and where you live. Let's be contributors to society, be contributors to this world. Cook your chicken. Perfect your recipe. And bless the world. Inspire guys, people. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. Let me know how y'all feel. Email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Look at the description of the show. Share this one with somebody. I just want you to share this with somebody and all you got to say, share the link to the show. And all you got to do is tell them, cook your chicken. Cook your chicken. Give your lunch to Jesus. And let him do his work Give your lunch to Jesus And let him feed his church Give it all to Jesus And let him lead the way But he can't lead the way If we get in the way So I'm trusting you with my legacy. Say it, Jesus.